Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for his presence today. Amen. Amen. I want to continue today with a passionate pursuit, part two. <laughs> passionate pursuit, part two. <clears throat> As uh, preparing for today and begin to think about every major revival. His, his theologians, historians say that every major revival was birthed out of the book of Romans. Every major revival was birthed out of the book of Romans. What I mean by that is that, um, for instance, the Reformation, Martin Luther, he looks into the book of Romans and he said, the just shall live by faith. Amen. And out of that came a, a reformation. It came a change. John Wesley, uh, <clears throat> most everyone in biblical history know the Wesleyans and the, what was, became known as the Wesleyan revival. And John Wesley was uh, quoted as state saying that he was in a Bible study group in his church when they were teaching on the book of Romans and he said I was uh, my heart was filled with a strange warmness and a fire of God came upon me and out of that was birthed the Wesleyan revival theologians say that if you were to look at the New Testament as a mountain range that the book of Romans would be Mount Everest, that it is the pinnacle, it is so full of revelation that the book of Romans would be the Mount Everest of the New Testament. Today I want to go there and look at this Romans chapter 14 verse 17. Most of you uh, will know it, perhaps can even quote it by heart, but I just want to pull some things out of there today. Amen. I think we have most of the scriptures. I'm going to give you several scriptures today. Is that okay? All right. I know some people don't use scriptures and they use stories and hallelujah. It's good if it fits the scripture. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not, say not, eating and drinking. Paul is referring here to the dietary laws, the legalistic system of the day. And he is saying to them that the kingdom of God has nothing to do with what you're eating or what you're drinking. Right? And he says that don't be bound to that. But he said, but it is this, righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. King James says, Holy Ghost. Amen. He is speaking of these dietary laws and he says the kingdom of heaven has nothing to do with your dietary laws, but he said there's three principal foundational platforms or foundations in which the kingdom of God is established upon and they are righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? 
So what is the kingdom of God? It is the rule of God. It is the power of God. It is the presence of God. It is the authority of God. That is the kingdom of God. And Jesus told us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So when we pray this prayer, we are asking and believing that the invisible world will invade the visible. We are believing that the, the, what, the, what you cannot see will invade what you can see. That the kingdom of God will come into the earth in a manifest form. And when it does, we experience real change. Can you say amen? Amen. Real change comes when the kingdom comes. And whenever it invades our life, when it invades our world, when it invades who we are, then our lives are really changed for real. Now Luke chapter 9 and verse number 2, the Bible says he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And so in other words, as they, as they preached the kingdom... There was a release of God's power to heal the sick. Amen. In, in the kingdom of God is the authority to exercise everything that is in the kingdom. And so in the kingdom, as they preached the kingdom of God, the sick were healed. Amen. So it, it makes me want, want to wonder, what are we preaching today? Amen. But this is, a, this is a deeper revelation or understanding that you do not have to necessarily be, have hands laid upon you. But while the word is being preached, while the word is being taught, while the kingdom of heaven is, is, is being preached, there is a release of spiritual power that will bring healing to your bodies. Glory to God. Amen. He said, now look, he said, this, there's, there's first of all righteousness. What is righteousness? It's right standing with God. To be restored to a right standing with God through grace and through the blood of Jesus. Amen. A right standing with God, bringing brought back or into restored to a right standing with God through grace. Are you glad for grace? And the blood of Jesus. And so when we see this today, we understand that he tells us in Romans chapter 4, verse 2. He said, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Amen. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, Abraham did some good things, but he wasn't justified by his works. Amen. It doesn't mean that we're not nice doesn't mean that we don't do good works and good deeds and, and do good things. But that is not how Abraham was justified. In verse 3, it says he was, Abraham believed God. 
And after Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him as righteousness. That word accounted there, or, or excuse me, righteousness means justified. <laughs> so it was accounted. What is an account? It's, it's what, you know, we put money into. Right? And if, if, if you have a bank account and they say you have a million dollars in it. Amen. Then nobody has to count the nickels and dimes. Nobody has to count the hundred dollar bills. Come on somebody. It's in your account so nobody has to count it. It's there. Glory to God. And so what has taken place is that God has put it in Abraham's account that he is justified. Not because of his works, but because he believed God. Amen. Now, now you know, the, you, you've heard this before, but justified is just as if I had never sinned. Just as if I had never sinned. How? Because of the blood. Because of grace. Because of... <laughs> That the blood and the grace of God is so powerful that it removes your past, your present, and your future sin. Does that mean that we can sin? No. But it does mean that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ our righteous, which we can go to and cry, Abba, Father, and he's an ever-present help. He's already taken care of it. Amen? Amen. And so we're thankful today for the blood and for the grace that is so powerful to wash our sins away. Jesus' blood, he gives you what you never earned. We didn't earn this. We, didn't, we aren't good enough to access this. We, we have been given it by the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Verse 3, it says, he was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, he, he, he credited to his account. Now let's drop down to verse 6. And I want to show you the difference here between a couple of things. Verse 6, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man of whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Verse 7, blessed are those who... Uh, lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now David said this, that their sins were covered. Right? Covering is a part of the atonement. It is, a, it is an old covenant term that talks to us about the the, the animals that were brought as a sacrifice and the blood that was shed would be as a covering for their sins. Amen. And God accredited to them as righteousness. Amen. This is a shadow of what is to come. We now have a new covenant that is far greater than the old covenant. Amen. Abraham, that what Abraham lived under, he never had access to what we have access to. 
Now I just want to say here today that some people liking, liken the blood of, of lambs and bulls and turtle doves, they liken that blood to the same equivalent of the blood of Jesus, but it's not so. The blood of Jesus is so much greater. We are under a greater covenant today. Because we do not have atonement for our sins where they are covered. But we have the precious blood of Jesus which is not a covering but a washing or erasing eradication of our sins. They are removed forever. Glory to God. Amen. And so now my sins are gone. Amen. My sins are gone. We do not have an atonement that covers our sin. That is old covenant. We have redemption where our sins are gone. Cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us any longer. So therefore, if it comes up to us and is thrown in our face ever again, it is not God that's doing it. It's gone. Hallelujah. It's gone. This is a greater level than Abraham ever experienced. Although their sins were covered, they still felt the guilt of the sin they had done. If I could use it in the terminology, every Sunday they bring a sacrifice and it reminded them of what their past sins Every time they brought a sacrifice, every time they brought a lamb, every time they brought a turtle dove, it reminded them of everything wrong they had done in their past. And I want to submit to you today that that's still where a lot of people are stuck because they don't understand the difference between atonement and redemption. We think that somehow that God has forgiven gave us this covering for our sins but yet we still carry the guilt and the shame and the regret of yesterday of the sin of the past but it is not something that is covered it is something that is blotted out amen no longer carry in our conscience the sin that we had done before because now our hearts are changed. Amen. Glory to God. Are you getting this? Yeah. And every time they brought their sacrifice, it reminded them, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. Amen. How many has ever had the enemy come and tell you why you can't? And you're not deserving and... And, and, and you don't deserve this and, and you shouldn't get this and you shouldn't be that. That, that is not, that the devil is a liar. Amen. That is not even in God's thoughts, his heart or his mind. He gave the, his precious son's blood upon the cross so that it could be blotted out and forgiven once and for all. Glory to God. Amen. Now, Romans, the same chapter, chapter 4, verse 22, we drop on down. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And now it was not written for his sake alone that it will imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us 
who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Glory to God. We're justified because Jesus died on the cross, rose again and redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? Sin, sickness, disease and the devil. Amen. Sin, sickness, disease, and the devil are the curse of the law. And God has redeemed us. He has paid for it. He has given to us justification. So that we can come boldly before his throne now. Not out of pride and arrogance of what we have done. But what Jesus has done. We don't have to come with shame. We don't have to come with guilt. We don't have to come with condemnation. We come in the precious blood of Jesus Christ and his grace. And we can come boldly before Father God. Amen. Now in Romans 5 and verse 19 he said, For by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. Amen. So what made you a sinner? Being born into the human race. Being born into the atomic nature, right? We are made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Amen. Now I was born into this sinful nature. Right? Now, some people, they, you know, we're living in a very wicked world. You all know that. I don't have to tell you that. But some people, they say, uh, well, I just, I just can't serve the Lord. I was, I, I, I'm a whoremonger. Well, I was too. Now, look at me funny. You were too. Amen. We all have that atomic nature. Somebody, you know, they, the, the popular thing today with this, this homosexuality is people say, well, I was born that way. Well, all you have to do is get born again. Amen. Because I was a whoremonger too, but I was born again. I was a sinner, shaping in sin and iniquity, but I was born again. I was redeemed, glory to God, hallelujah. I was redeemed and I was purchased by his precious blood, born again. And now I don't act like my first daddy, I act like my last daddy, which is Jesus, amen. He tells us, and a lot of people get it all mixed up, and I don't have time to chase that rabbit today, but a lot of people talk about it, and they talk about marriage, but he's talking, not talking about marriage in that, in that chapter, in that verse. He's talking about us and our relationship with Christ because he said, if you've been married to uh, Adam and you marry another, right, and it, which is Christ, that, that old things pass away, all things become new. And so he's saying that whenever I was born the first time, I was like my daddy Adam, but then I made a choice to be born again, and now I'm no longer married to Adam, I'm married to Christ. Yeah. 
And if we're not careful, we've we've walked with Adam for so long, we've walked with our first uh, love, if you will, for so long that we've taken on the Adamic nature and now we've got to renew our minds. Come on, somebody. And we've got to renew our minds and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to save our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions so that we no longer think like Daddy Adam we start thinking like daddy God that we no longer take on the nature and the form of the flesh but we begin to live in the spirit glory to God amen and so I've I am born again I've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ and now I am a new creation this is the foundation of our faith Everything is founded upon these truths. If we don't get this right, nothing else in our life will be right. We'll always be wishy-washy. We'll always wonder. We'll always doubt. We'll always let confusion. But when we get a hold of this truth and we say we are founded upon this understanding of righteousness, right standing with God, then we can begin to build a foundation that is unshakable. Amen? Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God. Now religion won't let you say that. Amen. But I'm not religion today. I I am in Christ. I am the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. You need to tell yourself that about ten times every morning you get up. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteous. Say it till you believe it. Amen. I am the righteousness of God. Let it get down on the inside of you. Amen. Till you believe what God says about you. Glory to God. Well, I'm about to run all over this place. Amen. Righteousness, but he didn't stop there. He said, I'm also going to give you the foundation of peace. Amen. Romans 4 and 25 said, who was delivered up because of our offenses? Jesus was betrayed. He was crucified. He was beaten. He was spit upon. He was ridiculed. He was hung between heaven and earth. And he was there for me. He was there for you. And when Jesus raised from the dead... Listen to this. When Jesus raised from the dead, I know it's real foundational, but when Jesus raised from the dead, it was a sign or a testimony that God had accepted what Jesus did for my sins. Amen. When he rose from the dead, it was a testimony that that Father God was pleased. It was it was enough. It was finished. Right? Because had he not raised from the dead, it would have been a witness that that he didn't do it. But the, the result and the answer and how I know that what Jesus did was enough is because he raised from the dead. Glory to God. Now Romans, let's look at Romans chapter 5 here again, verse number 1. Therefore being justified, how? By faith. 
Yes, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of all the glory of God. Amen. I am at peace with God and I am at peace with myself. Peace is not a feeling. It can be a feeling, but it's not that that's very shallow. It's very weak. Peace is, is more than a feeling. Peace is more than an emotion. Peace is the indwelling presence of God. Peace is more than how I feel. It's more than my emotions. It is the person of Christ in me. Amen. Let's look at this here. Judges chapter 6 verse 24. It says here. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. Amen. So Gideon, you know Gideon. He was struggling with this thing, wasn't he? He was, he was struggling with it. He said, I'm the, I'm the least of the least. My, my tribe is the least in the village and I'm the least in my tribe. I'm the least of the least. But he came to a place and he built an altar to the Lord and he called it the Lord is peace. Amen. Peace is more than what God does. Peace is God himself. Peace is is God wanting to abide and dwell in us. So the kingdom of God is about making me righteous, right? Cleaning me, purging me, washing my sins away, blotting them out. Now so that the righteousness and now peace comes and he's washed me, he's blotted out my sins so that peace can come to live on the inside of me. And this peace brings his radiant glory. Peace brings his his radiant life to live on the inside of me. So that everywhere I go and everything that I do, his radiant life shines out of me. (laughs) Glory to God. His radiant life shines out of my life. You remember the woman who had the issue of blood? And she said in her heart, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. And Jesus said to her, woman, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. Woman, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Our peace comes from our wholeness. And our wholeness is not in what you have, what you contain, what you see, what you hear, what you feel. Our wholeness comes from the peace of God living on the inside of us. Huh? So that it doesn't matter what is around us. 
It may look like I'm surrounded. But I got peace on the inside. Peace is living in me. His radiant life is shining out of me. I cannot control the circumstances around me, but I can control what is inside of me. Glory to God. And what is inside of me is the peace of God, the person of God, Jesus living on the inside and his radiant life coming out of me brings wholeness no matter what the circumstances are. Amen. God made me righteous. Then Jesus came to live on the inside of me. And his radiant glory is shining out of every part of my life. He has made me whole in spirit, soul, and body. He has made me whole in my finances, in my family, in my future. Amen. I'm just inside in me, inside of me is his glorious peace. Amen. Do you have it today? Two of you. Well, you need to get it. Amen. You know what happens? We allow life to get on top of us. We allow our circumstances to press down on top of us. And not allow the radiant light of his goodness and his peace to come out. Right? I didn't say you. I said we. Amen. And we allow that stuff to stack on top of us. And we allow it to build up on top of us. And his radiant light doesn't come out. But I'm telling you today, if Christ is in you, in you. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, some people just carry all kinds of stuff. There are some people just carry bitterness. It radiates out of them. Everywhere they go, they, they disrupt. It's ugly. It's ugly. Because they're bitter. Some people carry drama. Amen. I know I'm telling it right. Everything can just be fine, hunky-dory. And they walk in the room and it turns to chaos. Drama. Amen. There's people I've seen that carry a spirit of confusion. Honest to God. Everything can be fine and everybody understand. And then they walk in the room and everything's confusing. Nobody can understand nothing. It's the truth. But I'm telling you, there's a greater power than that. You don't have to live life like that. You don't have to live under that circumstances and be bound to that. Because Jesus has died, he is buried, he rose again. And there is a radiant peace that lives on the inside of us that is greater than anything we have to deal with or coming to us. Amen. So how does wholeness come? Do, 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 do. Work, 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 work. No, no, no. Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. So in other words, Jesus paid it all for me. And when he arose from the grave, 
Amen. When he arose from the grave, I was justified. Now, I had to accept that, right? Don't take me wrong. I know there's a lot of that stupid doctrine. But when he arose from the grave, I was justified. And so whenever I accepted peace into my life, this radiant life of Jesus, then I was justified. And Jesus came to live on the inside of my life. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we need to rejoice in that fact. We need to be excited about that fact. Amen. If you understand that you've been made righteous, if you understand the peace of God has come to live on the inside of you, then there ought to be a notification and a resemblance of what Jesus has done on the inside, on the outside of you. Amen. Ought not look like we brush with a dill pickle and gargle with vinegar. Amen. Put a smile on your face. Amen. My Lord, some of you has got thousands of dollars in that mouth. You ought to show them off. Amen. I know I've got a lot of money in my children's mouth. They better smile. Amen. And I can do better about it too. Having joy, having a smile. Something about, something about, about, about us that we lose that smile, we lose that radiance. We lose that luster, that, 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 that shining on us, huh? Righteousness is awesome. Peace is great. That's foundations of our life. But he didn't stop there. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Our God is not an emotionless being. You've heard me say it before. Church is not the place to be silent. We don't come here even though we have teaching. Right? We believe in discipleship. We don't come here to, to, to just sit and listen. You go to the library for that. Amen? Amen? We're not just here to, to sit and to listen. And I know that uh, those who know English and all of that will correct me after service. But we are a participatory church. I made that word up. You probably won't find that in the dictionary, but you know what I'm saying. You learn better when you participate. Can my teachers help me out here? You learn better when you participate. Whenever you just sit around and somebody's reading, this is the way it was in 1929 and the forefathers got on a horse and one carried a donkey. You don't learn nothing from that. You're asleep and you're gone. But when you participate, come on somebody. 
When we, when we hear the singing, it's wonderful. But when you participate, you get something out of it. When you, when you hear the word, it's great. It's, it's the word of God. But whenever you participate with the word of God, you begin to receive that word inside of your spirit. And amen, a yes, a, a glory to God will confirm and seal the word of God in your heart and in your life. Amen. And so God is, is, is a, not an emotional, emotionless God. He, he isn't, you know, sometimes we get this religious picture of him sitting on his throne like one of the presidents. One of those high back chairs, you know. But I, got, I want to inform you today, I have been to Mount Rushmore for myself. I've been in the Badlands. I've been through South Dakota been in that place and I looked on Mount Rushmore and I've got news for you today God's face is not there he's not a stone-faced God he isn't an emotionless God all you have to do is to step outside these doors and you see creation you see the beauty of the colors of blue that are in the sky you look at the bird and you'll see the defined detailed colors that, that man cannot orchestrate that are in the wings and the feathers of a bird. Look all around you and you will see that God is an exciting, living, emotional God. Amen? <clears throat> because God is, he, he is, he, God is so, in creation, he was so colorful. If God would be as such as some people think that he is, all of creation would be gray. Amen. No, no life, no beauty, just gray. But this is not natural joy that God has given us. The only thing the world can give you, the world cannot give you joy. The only thing the world can give you is enjoyment. Right? Somebody help me out here. Now, you can enjoy a good cup of coffee. But no matter how big the cup is, it's going to end. Amen? You can go to the amusement park and every year they've got to have a bigger and better. Because if you come back this year from last year and there isn't something bigger and better, first of all, you're going to be disappointed and you're not coming back no more. Right? But listen. You, the emotion, the enjoyment, the excitement can be there for the hour that you, you stand in line waiting to get on the big mojo. Right? But I got news for you. Big mojo only lasts three minutes. And the excitement is over. The enjoyment is gone. Come on, somebody. You can enjoy a theme park. You can enjoy going shopping. You can enjoy a game of golf. But it, 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 it's temporary. It's short-lived. But there is a joy that comes from heaven. There is a joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. 
There is a joy that can come and live on the inside of your life that never, never, never ends. It's inexhaustible glory to God. Amen. It has nothing to do with what you're doing. It only has to do with the power and the presence of God, His anointing flowing into your life. Amen. There is a spiritual force that flows out of the kingdom of God that is called joy. I want to say that again. There is... A spiritual force that is flowing out of the kingdom of God that is called joy. Amen. We are so busy running here and there doing this and that that we lose sight of joy. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Nehemiah 8 and 10, let's look at it. He said, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions of those from whom nothing is uh, prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Amen. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your Strength. Amen. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That word sorrow there means to weep. We weep over things that we have lost. Huh? We weep over the past. We weep over uh, different things that have taken place in our lives. But Nehemiah comes and he says, he says, don't sorrow or don't weep over those things because that's not what, what you've lost is not where your strength comes from. Amen. But what you do have access to is not what you've lost. You may never re-access or you may never have what you've lost, what you're sorrow for. But he said you have access to the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 53 and 5. He said, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. For the ransom of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion with singing and with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. What kind of joy is this? It's everlasting joy. It's perpetual joy. It, 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 we may not always, now can we be real? We may not always act like we have access to joy. 
but it is always obtainable. Now, watch this. I want you to see this. In, in the part B, with everlasting joy, where is it? I'm going to put that back up there for me, please. Everlasting joy upon their heads. With everlasting joy upon his head. So he's giving us this picture here. And you can just keep that up there if you will for a moment. He's given us this picture here that joy is being poured out upon their heads. Everlasting joy is being poured out on their heads. It is like that, that joy has, has been turned to liquid and it is being poured out. Amen? Upon the, there's no limit to this joy. It cannot be exhausted. It, it's not just good for you on Sunday. It's not just good one day a week. But this joy is being poured out. It, it, and I want to say to you today that, 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 that it is an anointing. Joy is an anointing that is poured out upon you. So when you receive the joy and that joy is poured out upon you, then sorrow, amen, has to flee. It isn't like you choose Sorrow or you choose joy. No. When joy comes, sorrow and signs got to go. Glory to God. You don't even have to choose. It's just like daylight and dark. There is never a struggle. Have you ever got up and watched the, the, the skies light up? Boom. The sun don't even have to be shining. But there is a darkness Somebody said the darkest time is just before daylight. But there's a darkness, but there is no struggle. Whenever the, the, the light comes, when the light comes, darkness vanishes. This, this place can be pitch dark today. But when you turn those lights on, there is no struggle. It don't say, oh, I'm, I think I'm going to stay around here. When the light comes on, darkness flees. Glory to God. I'm telling you today that whenever the joy of the Lord is poured out upon you and that anointing of joy gets upon your life, it tells us right here that the sign and the sorrow has to go. <laughs> Glory to God. I submit to you today that we're not dealing with anything, we're not facing anything, that we are not going through anything that, that would bring us so much sorrow that a good, good drink of joy wouldn't fix. A good dose of the Holy Ghost wouldn't change. Amen. Now I know that I'm not this, this uh, you know, 
just making light of your situation or my situation. But I am telling you today that what we need in the body of Christ, not to forget the world, what we need in the body of Christ is a flow of joy. We need an anointing of joy. We need some joy to come back in the house of God so we can be like David and say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Where we don't come in dragging in late where we don't come in acting like we just we're going to the dentist no we come here smiling we say hey I'm excited to be with my brothers I'm excited to be with my sisters I get to be in the presence of Jehovah with my family today hallelujah and it's a joy it's a joy when you receive joy it causes the sorrow to flee it runs mourning out of your life. It drives depression away from you. Amen. Most people today have been through so much stuff. Huh? Most people today in this life have been through so much hell. They've been through so much difficulty. They've been through all kinds of, uh, of things in their life. They've been through uh, people uh, neglect, abuse, divorces, all kinds of things that people have gone through. And they are dealing with all of these things that want us to be sorrowful and mourning. Amen. But I want to tell you today that they have the scars to prove what they've been through. But most of the scars are not external, they're internal. They're in the spirit and the soul of people. Amen? And it causes us to become calloused and hard. Right? Where we don't smile anymore. Where we don't laugh anymore. That's the reason I like watching kids sometimes not a whole lot just you know but kids laugh amen kids laugh they laugh at each other they laugh at things that you can't even find funny they just laugh they laugh they enjoy they laugh let me ask you something today what happened to our laughter I'll tell you what happened to our laughter. Life put it out. The scars, the hurts, the pains, the callousness of hardness of our hearts has put it out till we can't even laugh anymore. Till we can't even smile anymore. Right? You know, I've even watched people, they, they call them mentally challenged but I wonder who is mentally challenged but have you ever watched those people they call mentally challenged I guess, I guess that's a proper term I'm not I don't mean any disrespect to anything but people that are challenged mentally or you know just don't they you know what I'm saying they are so happy you know what's wrong with you and me we too sane we need to get a little crazy. Amen. We need to get some joy back. We need to get our laughter back. 
We need to get our smile back. We need, and the only way we're going to get it back is through the joy of the Lord. Amen. The Holy Spirit. When joy flows over you, it causes, it causes the shout, it causes the smile, it causes the sing, it causes us to dance. Not because the circumstances have changed, but in spite of the circumstances, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Sorrow and mourning, so many are in a permanent state of mourning because of what they've gone through, what they have lost. But as I've already stated here this morning, I am convinced that joy is an oil that heals. Let's look at a couple more verses. Y'all aren't tired yet, are you? Psalms, let's get this one, please. Psalm 16 and verse 11. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. Joy is not separate from God. Joy is a part of his life. Joy is the part of the life of God. Amen. In your presence, in your person, in, in you, huh, is fullness of joy. Glory to God. Joy is not a reaction to his presence. Joy is part of his presence. Amen. And there is a river that makes glad, Right? The streams thereof make glad the city of our God. Now, there is a river. In that river are multiple streams. And one of those streams is pure joy. Pure joy. Where does it come from? It comes from the throne of God. It comes from the kingdom of God. It comes from the person of God. Amen. And so around you may be chaos, but inside of you is an unexplainable joy. Receiving joy is part of the dominion, the righteousness and peace. It is in the joy of the Holy Ghost is the kingdom of God. It's the power of God. It's the authority of God. It is all of this is in the person of God. Righteousness, peace, joy is the dominion for the believer that we can take authority over the circumstance, the situation and say, no, not today, devil. You're not taking my peace. You're not taking my joy. This circumstance of my life, I'm wrestling it down. Ha ha. I'm going to laugh at you and I am going to rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah. Amen. I probably told you before, but Doc, uh, Dad Hagen, they called him Dad Hagen, not the... Not the junior, but the senior, Dad Hagen. They, he was a young man and he was, he was, they, the doctors already gave him a death sentence and said he's going to die. 
and, and, and Dad Hagen was in his room and, and they, he uh, pulled the sheet up over his head and just started laughing. They said he was belly laughing in there. They thought he had lost his mind. He went crazy. And they went in there and they said, Kenneth, what is wrong with you? He said, ha, ha, ha. Said the devil said I was going to die. <laughs> he was a young man then. But he died an old man, fulfilled his life and his destiny, amen, and his purpose. Sometimes you, we just got to get enough spiritual tenacity about us to laugh in the face of our enemy and say, you thought you was going to take me out. You thought I was going to die. You thought I was going to give up. But I'm filled with the spirit of joy on the inside of my life, amen. Hallelujah. Because when we do, we have the authority to change circumstances. Amen. You believe that? I believe we have the authority in the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. We have the authority to change circumstances. Let me just give you a couple more here. Psalms 126 and verse 1 and 2. Maybe 3. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. <laughs> Amen. They said we never thought. Now you, you, you read all of this and you'll understand the captivity and all that they had went through and the pressure that they were under. And they said when the Lord brought us back, we had to pinch ourselves to make sure we weren't dreaming. Amen. Wouldn't you like that kind of blessing from the Lord? Amen. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. And our tongue was singing. And then the Lord said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And the Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Amen. He said they brought us out of captivity. And whenever he brought us out of captivity, we just, we, we couldn't hardly believe it ourselves. But he said our mouths were filled with laughter. That's my prayer for us today at One Life Church. God, fill our mouths with laughter again. Amen. God, fill our mouths with laughter again and loose our tongues that we can rejoice, that we can sing. That we can be glad. That we can glorify the name of Jesus. Amen. He said then that he said that he, they, he hasn't just done that for them. But he has done it for us. And we are glad. Glory to God. Amen. I said we are glad. His mouth is filled with laughter. And we are glad. Why? Because God has not only done it for them, he has done it for us. Amen. I'm not talking about a horse and pony show. I'm talking about when you know what Jesus has done for you. Amen. When we come to the understanding of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost then we won't need a horse and pony show. We can be excited about what Jesus has done for us. And that alone will be enough to put laughter in our mouth. 
and loose our tongue and rejoice. Come on, somebody. Amen. What, what God is saying is, he said, I'm going to restore your ability to laugh again. Hallelujah. Now, this righteousness, peace, and joy is not just joy. I've already covered that. But it is in what? In the Holy Ghost. It's interesting to me that in Acts chapter 2, well, I won't read it to you, but in Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up on that day of Pentecost and he does, he, that, that the scripture doesn't say anything uh, about them um, being drunk, acting crazy. Right? Scripture doesn't say anything about the way they were acting on the day of Pentecost until the crowd brings it up. And the crowd tells us that on the day of Pentecost, says, look at them, they're drunk. Right? They've been out all night. They've been sipping. They've been drinking. They're drunk. And when Peter stands up, he doesn't give any defense against them being drunk. Huh? Are you walking with me? He just says they're not drunk like you think they're drunk. They're not drinking the liquor from the bar. They're not sipping, right? They are not drunk as you suppose, seeing as just the ninth hour or the third hour of the day. Nine o'clock in the morning. He said, but this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. In other words, he said they are drunk, but they're not drunk on the wine that you think they're drunk on. They're drunk on the promise of what Jesus said was going to happen. We went into that upper room. We tarried there. We waited there. And the Holy Ghost came. And when the Holy Ghost came, he put joy inside of us. Amen. He put life inside of us. A radiant life lives on the inside of us. Holy Ghost joy is coming out of us. And he said, they've got so much joy, they're drunk on joy. Amen. Now I wonder today, how many have been drunk on the Holy Ghost? Drunk on the Holy Ghost. I don't know too much about this other stuff, but that Holy Ghost is good stuff. <laughs> Amen. It's good stuff. Now, I know I'm reminiscing today, but I've been in this thing all of my life. And I remember whenever Sunday nights were militant. And I'd go to sleep on Sunday nights in the church, but I never went to sleep on top of the pew. I'd get under the pew. Because you didn't know what might happen if you laid on top of the pew. Sunday mornings were good. People get saved and people get hope and people find deliverance, but Sunday nights... Yeah, I, I wouldn't miss Sunday night for nothing. 
Because just anything could happen on Sunday night. Amen. And I remember as a young boy watching people get saved, delivered, and filled with the Holy Ghost all at one shot. Amen. I remember whenever they would receive the fullness of the measure. And when they had leave, they were so full and they were so drunk, they weren't fit to drive. And somebody would have to take them home. Amen. I ain't talking about putting on. I'm talking about slap drunk. Haul them out to the car at 12 o'clock at night. I know because my dad was designated driver. They'd haul them out to the car, put them on the passenger side, and dad would drive them home, and we'd have to follow them home and get him. And but I ain't seen none of that lately. I ain't seen none of that lately. But I'd like to. I want to be your designated driver. Come on, somebody. I want you to get so sloppy full of the Holy Ghost until you get overwhelmed in the joy and the laughter and that comes again into your heart and into your mouth. Glory to God. And you just get lost in joy and forget about all the sorrow, the frustration, and the confusion and allow the goodness of God to flow in your life again. Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of that. Oh, hush up. I've done told you, God's face ain't on Mount Rushmore. He's not that stone, lethargic God that sits up there with a big stick wanting to kill you. If he, listen to how stupid that is. He sent his only begotten son to die on a cross and you think he's wanting to kill you? I, I, I hope that, that you, you, if you're here and part of this, it, that you wouldn't believe that. But I just want to say it today for whoever may hear it. God is nothing like that. He is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. That so fills your life until sorrow has to flee. Mourning has to flee. I believe it was David that said it like this, as wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I, I just want his joy. I want his gladness. I, I, want, I want righteousness, peace, and joy to show up in my life, radiate out of my life, and just be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Full of the Holy Ghost. We got to have it. I said, We got to have it. We are living in those times when we've got to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us because if you do not, that, that sorrow will get on top of you, that mourning will get on top of you. The scars and the hurt of the pain of yesterday will attach itself to you and you'll not be able to laugh again.
but I want to know his joy. I want to know his laughter. He said he's going to return it to not only them, but he's going to give it to us as well. Amen. That's his promise. Could you stand with me today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, Father, I pray today that there would be a, an acceptance of your word today, an understanding of your word today that clears up what the enemy would try to bring confusion and doubt to. We are the righteousness of God because you have made us righteous. Peace has come to live on the inside. Radiant life of God has come to live on the inside of us. And God, the joy that comes only in the Holy Ghost is for us. That river of joy, gladness. I pray that that stream will flow over us here today. God, every individual, every one of us today, that we may find ourselves sorrowful, we may find ourselves mourning, we may find ourselves lacking, but I pray today there be a release, there be a river, there be an anointing of joy that will be upon everyone's head today, that will free our tongue and will free our lives that we can rejoice again in you. God, I give you praise for it now in the name of Jesus. I give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Let the river of God flow over us now. Let the river, let the flow of your peace and your joy and the Holy Ghost flow over us today. Let us receive it with gladness. Let us receive it with gladness now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you say, Pastor, you know what? I, I've missed out on that joy. I just want that Holy Ghost to live, radiate out of me. I want it to flow out.